Happy Monday, everybody, or let's call it Man Up Monday. No time for fake ones? Oh, I thought you knew. The game is the game, and only real ones pull through. It's your boy, OG, and if it's your first time joining us, Tilt stands for talking in lamest terms. The cat's out of the bag, and the phonies have been had. Try again next year. I don't want you to go away mad. No time. We got time today. Come on, let's go. Right, we're gonna jump right into the craziness. Uh, the Nets trading Kyrie Irving. Let's break it down. I mean, somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew it was gonna happen. I was waiting for him to go crazy and fall off the wagon again, but it is what it is. With KD getting hurt and him, him having to shoulder the load, Kyrie is a star as far as talent goes and everything, but he is not one who wants to carry the load and 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 be. He wants to be the guy. Without all, without all the extras. To some degree, Kevin Durant is the same way. But he understands, yeah, he wants to hoop. But he, but he understands all the, the stuff that comes along with it. A leading man is a leading man. And Kyrie's always been a number two. He's a number two with leading man material. But but he wants the spotlight until he gets it. So basically, he, he's out. Let, let's just break it down. Whoever signs him... I don't know what world he's living in, but whoever signs him is going to have provisions in his contract with him playing games, with him, with him going off on these sabbaticals. He thinks somebody's just going to be like, with with his track record, he thinks somebody's just going to pony up and be like, yeah, Kyrie, we're going to give you all this money and you just do what you want to do. Don't work that way. You got leverage, but like I say, your, your, your uh, track record is going to cut it down. So whatever you thought you were going to get, you probably won't get, but I mean, people want to win. So it's somebody out there is going to pick up the contract, not even worrying about that, but he's going to have some stipulations in there. So he better get ready for that. Secondly, KD should have never trusted this guy. I mean, I understand why he left Golden State, but Kyrie's wild card. And maybe he thought to some degree, even though they're like-minded, they, that he could get him under control or something, but... He should have never trusted this guy. And then he's going to Dallas. Luca doesn't play well with others. That's another thing. Luca likes to pound the rock. And the thing is, Kyrie can actually play off the ball. It's, it's not a big deal to him whether he brings the ball up or not. Luca cannot play off the ball. If you watched him, he is not good off the ball. He needs to rock to get his rhythm, to, to throw up all of his shots. He can't be without the rock. And at certain times in a game, Kyrie's going to demand the rock. And like I said, Kyrie's been pretty much a professional since he was 15. Luka, the same way, but different mindset. Kyrie does crazy things, but he's not a super brat like Luka. So let's see how long it is before Luka asks, asks for a trade. You know what I mean? Because I don't see this 
working. And LeBron, they should slap your ass with tampering. But hey, maybe next year. Maybe next year you get your wish and you get rid of Russ and get Kyrie. We'll see. No help for LeBron. Again, cry me a river, man. LeBron gets more help. LeBron can ask for help and, and, and receives no repercussions. KD asks for help. Oh, he's never, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. I mean, what is it? I just can't wait till LeBron breaks his scoring record. Next game or the game after that. I just want him to hurry up and break it. Because then that'll put everything in proper perspective. And we can focus on what's happening in L.A. They're getting their ass kicked. And they're losing. And he can score 50. And they still losing. And at twilight, if Mike scored 50, they wasn't losing. So that's something else to talk about. And then even if you get Kyrie in L.A., you've got Kyrie, LeBron, and A.D. Let's break it down. LeBron only going to play 50, 60 games a year. He's going to find some reason to load manage. AD is going to get hurt, so you scratch him for 50 games. Maybe, if that, if you get 50, it's a good year. And then there's Kyrie with his off-the-court problems and, you know, him just being eccentric at times. So how many games is he really going to play? So you're talking about getting those three together. Him and KD only play 74 games together. Those three, I doubt they'll play more. If they got together, they probably wouldn't play more games than than Harden, uh, KD, and, and Kyrie. So so it's, it's crazy. We'll get back into the craziness of the NBA later in the show. Uh, for now, other quick hits going today. The Cowboys hire Brian Schottenheimer as the new OC. This is after Jerry said that Mike McCarthy was going to call the plays. And uh, Schottenheimer's been on the team as a consultant or whatever. None of his offenses have been major or to the caliber I like I didn't like Kellen Moore, and he wasn't the guy for the job. But at least they scored. Schottenheimer is the grind it out, run the ball. I mean, like I said, maybe he'll cook up something different. But if McCarthy's going out, I don't care who they hired us OC. I'm calling the plays. So we'll see how that works out. But Brian Schottenheimer, we just went from bad to worse as a Cowboy fan. as the way that I see it. Moving on, David Carr. Is now free talk to talk to other teams. Uh, if it is contract clause, if they don't trade him by, I think it's the 17th, this $40 million uh, guaranteed money kicks in. And he said he's not helping them. I'm not doing your job for you. You don't want me here? Get me traded or make a deal. Uh, he showed out at the uh, the Pro Bowl, but uh going to see how that works out. The clock's ticking on the Raiders, Josh McDaniel. And we got our man Gino also trying to construct a new deal with the Seahawks. Gino, you had a great year, but let's be clear. You're a bridge quarterback to wherever they're going to get in the future. I'm not saying you can't play uh, great for the next two, two, three years, but you were over there banging that drum with the rest of those guys about sitting behind Russ and all of that. But you're in contract negotiations now. Let's just see how much the Seahawks love you. We're going to see. And then finally, uh, everybody's uh, favorite head case, Aaron Rodgers, still in the news. He won a pro the Pro-Am at Pebble Beach Golf. Maybe this could be his new career. I don't care as long as he's not on TV speaking blasphemous about walking away from $59.6 uh, million. Get a life. Get a life. Okay, now we're going to roll on into the NFL. 
Uh, next Sunday is the big game. But this weekend was the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl, let, let me just say it. It's been a disaster, and it's still a disaster. Uh, like I said, it's basically a branding day for the NFL. And, uh, I mean, people get to sign autographs. They get to see these guys up close. But no football is being played. No football is being played. Not at all. I don't know what they're doing. They're just posturing. Uh, nobody's trying to see flag football. Although Jalen Ramsey uh, reminded Tyreek Hill that he plays real football with that hit in the Pro Bowl. Nobody was expecting that. But like I said, they just need to chuck this game all together. Help. Make a format where you could play it on Madden and everybody controls their own man. That way nobody will get hurt. And these silly games they're putting on. I mean, it's ridiculous. If you're a real football fan, I don't see how you watch this. And my question is, when did the NFL become this fragile? I'm like, please spare me. They're moving on to Sunday. Like I said, we have the historic. It's historically black it's black history month and we have a historic two black quarterbacks in the super bowl but like i said i just want to see how long it's monday so we're going to see how long it takes uh the media to try to divide and conquer now both of these guys are politically correct guys They're, i mean mahomes is not going to say nothing really out the box he might talk a little trash from time to time jalen's not going to really say anything out of the box unless you try him now, reporters have tried him, tried to ask some questions about uh, Deshaun Watson and, and, and certain other things. Hey, and Jalen shut it down. He shut it down. I like that about him. But like I said, they're going to play this up as good uh, against good against evil. And I want to see who evil's going to be. But I already know. Like I said, and of course, the pundits, they're still on. That. Can Jalen handle the pressure? Uh did you not watch this season? Did you not watch this season? They like bringing up they had the easiest uh, schedule in the NFL. But they didn't bring up anybody else when they had the easiest, easiest schedule in the NFL, a la Tom Brady. But, yeah, like I said, you, you didn't watch football this year. If you're still questioning if Jalen Hurts is good enough. Hopefully the shoulder's back. And like I said, he wasn't as fluent uh, the playoff game as he's been the whole year. But when you got a shoulder injury, you're not going to be. Hopefully the the rest got him back right, but the shoulder ain't got the shoulder has nothing to do with him running. So we'll see. And it's also the the coaching battle. It's gonna be the master against the wannabe student. I like Nick Soriani. I didn't think he was the guy for the job, but like I said, you can never judge a book by his by his cover. Andy Reid's gonna be Andy Andy Reid. You know he's the mad scientist over there. But the only thing about being a mad scientist on offense, they don't have a mad scientist on defense. Spagnola, you're going to be in trouble. But we're going to see. Like I said, Andy's going to have his team ready to go. It's just like coming off a bye. So they're going to be hard to beat. Sirianni, hey, it's going to be up to the leadership and the physicality of the NFC East to get the job done. We're going to see. So with all that being said, who you got? Who you got? Through all the plots and the misconstrued information, who you riding with? I'll let you know who I'm riding with on Friday. But for now, that's all I got for the NFL. Moving on to men's college basketball, which is, if you've listened to the other shows, which has been atrocious leading up to now. Every week I come on here 
and seven or eight teams in the not even the top 25, the top 20 are getting beat. No different this week. We had seven. You had number one, number one Purdue losing to Indiana 79 to 74. Although Indiana was favored, they played it in Indiana. It was a good game, but the number one team goes down. Then you had number six Virginia losing to unranked Virginia Tech 74 68. It's the ACC. Anything can happen. So that's that really. Uh, that really doesn't uh, play into a lot, but the ACC is not as good as it has been, but anybody can beat anybody in that conference right now. You had number seven, K-State, losing to number 10, Texas, 69-66. to Like I said, Big 12, anybody can win and lose in that conference. Not that much, but still ranked teams. Uh, you had number, number eight, Kansas, loses to number 13, Iowa State, 68-53. And... I didn't want to believe it when Iowa State beat Carolina earlier this year. This Iowa State team can play. This kid grills. He's like a ramped up Steve Alford. For you, all the, yo, those who don't know who Steve Alford is, Google him. He played for Indiana back in the day. He's like Steve Alford on steroids. This this kid can play. Then we had number twelve Gonzaga losing to number eighteen St. Mary's seventy eight to seventy. Number fifteen TCU loses to unranked Oklahoma State. 79 to 73. And finally, number 20, Clemson, loses to number 23, Miami, 78 to 74. But the big college uh, game of this weekend was Carolina against Duke. As a full fledged Carolina fan, I hate Duke. But both teams are unranked this year. Like I said, they, they're, they're not playing blue blood basketball at this time. Carolina falls 63 to 57. Let's be clear. They both suck. Carolina's Caleb Love has to be the guy. He has to be the same guy that took them to the final game last year. And this year, he has not been that. He's been a turnover machine his whole career. Uh, Hubert's got to do more than tweak him. He, he has to get him going or uh, Carolina's going nowhere fast. Uh, if, if we get into the tournament, which I'm thinking we will get into the tournament we're going to be a low seed like last year. But like I said, somewhere along the way, Caleb Love's going to have to find himself. Now, Duke, they hired the wrong coach for one thing. I'm just being frank about it. Tommy Amaker should be the coach at Duke, and then they would have – they're going to continue their tradition for the next I – think, I think Shaw's out of there in two years. But that super freshman class is average at best. And like I said, they have had injuries. I'm going to give them that. But from what I've seen, none of these guys are going in the first round. None of these guys are even going to the G League. They're going to be around a while. I haven't seen nothing special about any of them. That's all I'm saying. Two blue, these two blue-blooded programs can't get it together. That, Like I've told you for the last couple of weeks, college basketball, men's college basketball is atrocious. You add number three, uh, number three, the third blue blood, Kentucky. Kentucky's not ranked either. It's like I said, March Madness is gonna be crazy this year. I have no clue. The rankings will be out later today for the men's. But my weekend was saved because I actually got to see some real basketball, and it came from the women's side. I mean, the women still do it. The women are still fundamentally sound. The men need to take notes. It ain't about about the shooting threes and the dunking. It's about real basketball. 
and and yesterday, whew, I saw some real basketball. And the women, like I said, they they're ranked teams, but they don't get their ranked teams don't get knocked off as consistently as the men's have been. Like this week, you had number two Stanford. They lose lose to uh, unranked Washington, 72-67, but it was a good game. You had number nine Notre Dame losing to number sixteen Duke, 57-52, another good game. And finally, we had number 11, UNC, losing to unranked Louisville, 62-55. Also, another very good game. Uh, the women's game is more consistent. You know the power players. You know who's going to get the beat down. And occasionally, they'll look up and get one like old school men's basketball. But, like I said, and then a knockdown drag out yesterday, South Carolina, number one South Carolina, uh, Don Staley against UConn and Geno. Uh, Armiella, 81-77 South Carolina. Like I said, it's Don's world now. And that game was better than any men's game that was on yesterday. Trust me. Don went old school. She set uh, Boston down in the paint. And they banged UConn into submission. They could not handle them down low. Gino could still get the top recruits, but he doesn't have the big girls. He doesn't have the big girls to close the show. And South Carolina has three of them. Trust me. Great basketball. Uh, I'm going to watch more women's basketball. Not WNBA, but college. Don Staley, like I said, she's on. She's in the process of building a dynasty. And Gino knows it's over for him. He knows it's over for him. And before the Super Bowl, you've got LSU against South Carolina right before the Super Bowl. If you're a basketball, if you're a hooper, I'd advise you to watch that. Because Kim Mulkey is no punk. She's been in the spotlight before. She built the dynasty that was at Baylor. And now she's doing the same thing at LSU. So we're going to see what's going to happen. Kim's, uh, she's worn the crown before. She's been it. You know what I'm saying? Don is currently wearing the crown. Both former point guards. The guys, like we said, you can't get into the the battle about one didn't play and one uh, one. Everybody knows Dawn Staley played. Uh, was she was on a U.S. Olympic team? Uh, she played at Virginia. Everybody knows that. Kim Mulkey played for Pat Summit. If you know anything about basketball, if you don't know who Pat Summit is, tune me off. Like I'm saying, it's gonna be great basketball. It's gonna be great basketball. But the truth about it that that's come to light in all college athletics. The truth about the recruiting and everything. Deion Sanders has changed the whole scenario of what's going down now. The truth is, black people are no longer sending their kids to people who don't look like them. And it's not a racial thing. It's just the truth. Deion has shed the light on how we can get them, how we can get ourselves integrated into a better precision without white help. And it's working. You see it in everything in, in college athletics now. Because Don Stell is getting anybody she wants. Just like Dion's getting anybody he's want. But you should go. College kids just need to go to the right situation. I'm not saying the coach got to be black. You know what I'm saying? Because been, black kids have been going to Kim Mulkey forever. So it's, it's about the situation. But if you look at the tide and the way things are changing, more kids are going to more 
power five black coaches. It's got to be more power five black coaches because you're going to have only a couple getting all the kids. Then everybody's going to be complaining. But, hey, like I said, uh, before the Super Bowl, it's going to be South Carolina against LSU. And in the words of Bart Scott, I can't wait. Moving on, back to the NBA. Like I said, this was a hot mess with the Kyrie thing. It it, it, it blew my mind, and I'm, I'm like, it got me feeling a, a different kind of way because Katie is my dude. But when Katie went to Brooklyn, he should have thought a couple of things. Like my dad, my dad had three dadisms that he used to tell me about. He said, if you have no friends when it comes to sports, money, and women. Katie didn't heed that. I didn't get in his ear close enough to let him know that. He should have never went with Kyrie. And like I said, Katie's not staying beyond this year, not unless they do something major. I was looking around the NBA and I was thinking, like, who could he get that would complement his game that he wasn't he wouldn't need that many pieces around him? And this is what I came up with. Katie left Golden State for one simple reason. He wasn't going to add to Steph Curry's legacy because no matter how many times he won the game for him, how many how many MVP finals trophies he won, they were going to keep saying it's Steph's team. In my mind, I always thought KD was going to go back to OKC. And this, this is the proposition I had. The Nets need to go give OKC what they want and get Shea Gillis-Alexander in a Nets uniform or after this year is over, KD need to go back to OKC. Because whether, whether you know it or not, Sam Presti is the best GM in the game. Why he wants to hang out in OKC is beyond me, but think about it. Who else is drafted? Not even Jerry West. Who else has drafted three league MVPs? Who? Sam Presti is that good. And they will welcome KD back. Even after all the craziness that went on when he coming back, calling him a cupcake and all this, he still has a restaurant there. He still has a home there. He's built basketball courts there. Him and Shea Gillis-Alexander will be an incredible. Shea give you 30 waking up. So, so he won't have to shoulder the whole load. And he's more of a, a pure point guard than Kyrie or Harden. So everybody's getting involved. And he would give the KD the ball at the right times. What better fit? But it remains to be seen how, how this is going to go down. But that's my thoughts on it. I was already put it out there in the atmosphere. KD, if you're listening, think about it. Think about it. Because like I said, I don't see him staying there beyond this year. Not unless they... Make a blockbuster, blockbuster move and bring somebody in. Uh, that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. But as I stated earlier in the show, nobody thinks that Luca and Kyrie is going to coexist. It's not going to happen. Even with the great Jason Kidd at the helm of the Dallas Mavericks, it's not going to happen. He had Jalen Brunson last year and they went to the Western Conference Finals. And he was crying about Jalen Brunson, whose star is on the rise. Kyrie is that dude. So what are you going to think when people start screaming Kyrie and not Luka? Luka is the super brat of the M of the NBA. And he doesn't play with, well with others. I don't know why 
I mean, maybe Cuban's got a plan. I don't understand. But I can't see Kyrie staying in Dallas unless Dallas is the only team that's really giving him uh, the money he wants. Because it's going to be some optimists out there. And like I said, Kyrie's burnt a ton of bridges. So he better have a boat so he can float. Because he's burnt a ton of bridges. I just want to see where this is going to end up. Uh, the, vision, the vision races are pretty much the same, minus a couple of games. But I'm going to give you the breakdown on the top. If the playoffs started today, who would be in? Uh, on the Eastern Conference, we got the Celtics, Bucks, the Sixers, Nets, Cavaliers, Miami, the Knicks, the Hawks, and with the Bulls and the Wizards in the playing game. Now, the Pacers in Toronto on the outside looking in, where they're only like two games out of the playoffs. I think when Toronto gets healthy, they'll be in there. If uh, the Pacers are having a great season, nobody expect them to even be this close to the to the play-in. But I wouldn't be surprised if they kicked out the Bulls or, or, or the Wizards. So we'll see. In the West, the Nuggets, Nuggets have the best uh, the best record in the West. It's the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings, Clippers, the Suns, the Mavericks, Minnesota. Golden State, and the Pelicans and the Jazz are in the uh, playing spots with Portland, OKC uh, on, on the outside looking in. Uh, I think Portland's probably going to overtake the Jazz. Uh, the, the Pelicans is going to depend on when Zion comes back or not. But uh, it's, it's going to be a real fight in the West. Woo! That's all I have today for sports, kind of slow sports week. Because like I said, the Super Bowl is this weekend. But uh, I'm getting ready to get out of here. I'm going to give a couple shout-outs. Give a shout-out to my man, Neil Thompson. His birthday. Grew up in my neighborhood. Uh, shout-out to you and your family. Uh, shout-out to my cousin, Andre Brown. Don't let me catch you on the street. Inside joke. Shout-out to my cousin, Homer Graves. Great catching up with you yesterday. We haven't had anything to really fight about this year, but we'll find something. Uh Shout out to my man, Free Royal Gaskins from Facebook Jail. Hey, they can't handle my man. That's not his fault. Free, free Royal Gaskins. <laughs> uh, okay, check out my man. Uh, I, 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 I prefaced him before in an earlier show. Uh, if you like real R&B, uh, my man, Goddamn Jack Jones. Check out his singles. It's on all the streams. There's Water on Mars. Check him out. You won't be disappointed. I uh, want to shout out to my nephew in Westfield High School for knocking off the top two teams in their district. Uh, my nephew Dutch, a.k.a. DR2, three-game three game, uh, winning streak. Uh, they'll be back in action on Wednesday, senior night. Congratulations. Also, shout out to Montrose Middle School. The boys are 9-0. The future looks bright. Uh, for the Westmoreland High School team, and shout out to the seniors at the Westmoreland High School uh, on a, on a good season. They're currently number two in the district. Uh, remember these games; you'll never forget them. Cherish them. Do what you got to do. And also a shout out to all the teachers out there everywhere, because they're underpaid. They're trying to get these kids going in the right direction, and it's an uphill battle. Hey, I appreciate you. And as always, it's your boy, and I'm O-U-T.